it's, I, I can't ask God to change something to suit me. I've got to change my thinking to line up with what God says. So when I eventually changed my philosophy and I began to see, hey, this, this is really good, I began to understand what God is doing. It all made sense and it all fell into place and it was amazing. So, so this verse has become uh, quite special to me. And so you hear me, I give it quite a bit of airplay here and it gets, it gets referred to quite a lot. And we're going to put it up on the screen right now. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. And it simply says, um, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin, to turn you away from what you, the life you had, and to turn you towards Him? We'll get it in a minute on the screen. So uh, another way of saying that, which you may have heard of before, is don't you know that the goodness of God leads people to repentance? Now, the problem that I, repentance just means change, by the way. It means to cha- think differently, to change your mind. So the problem that I had with that verse was, I always thought that um, people didn't really change much anyway. They only changed if they were sort of backed into a corner, if they were forced to change. They didn't really change much. And I thought that if if you want to become a Christian, what you've got to do is you've got to change your life first, and then all of a sudden, uh, the wonderful future that God has planned for you will open up for you. So change your life first. I used to hear a lot of people preach about this, and I've, I've, been, I've been growing up in church, as, as you know, and, and uh, uh, preachers would always say, you know, change, repent. <laughs> they would say, repent or change your life, and then God will come in. And so that's what I grew up with, and that's what I believed for a long time. And, and then I, I had this idea that, well, people don't really change unless they have to. And I guess it was based a lot on some Old Testament stories that I knew, like Jonah. You know the story of Jonah? You may know the story of Jonah where, where uh, he, was, he was running as hard and as fast as he could away from what God told him to do. He was going the other direction, away from God, and then... He found himself on a boat, on a ship going somewhere, and he got thrown over the edge, and he was down, going down, down, down in the water, and he was swallowed by this massive fish, you know. And then in the bottom of the ocean, basically, he's saying, God, I've got to change my life. He was, he was backed into a corner, and he changed. So that was the kind of thinking that I had for a long time. And then I began to see this verse of Scripture that says, don't you know it's the goodness of God that leads people on that journey. And then, after that, I began to see lots of examples in the New Testament of how the goodness of God was shown to people and that brought about change in their life. Like this guy that we're going to read about in a minute called Zacchaeus. And uh, we're going to read the story of Zacchaeus. And it says that Jesus came to this place called Jericho. There was a man there, Zacchaeus. He was the head tax man and quite rich. And he wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way because he was a short guy and he couldn't see over the crowd. Now, keep in mind that tax collectors in this day were notoriously corrupt and they would extort money out of people and they would take money for themselves that wasn't theirs. They, they had... They didn't have a lot of friends in the community, right? So 
uh, he was he had to, so he climbed he ran ahead climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see jesus when he came by and when jesus got to the tree he looked up and said zacchaeus hey come down because today is my day to be a guest in your home so what this is this is jesus saying hey i want to come and visit with you i want to spend some time with you i want to just show you how much god loves you you know i want to hang out with you zacchaeus for a little bit and look what zacchaeus said zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree hardly believing his good luck he was delighted to take jesus home and everyone who saw the incident was indignant and said what business does he have jesus have getting cozy with his crook but zacchaeus is that anyone here feeling a bit like that today i don't but zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned and he stammered apologetically master i give away half my income or i'm going to give away half my income to the poor if i'm caught cheating i pay four times the damages and jesus said you know today this is salvation day in this home because this guy son of abraham this for the son of man jesus came to find and restore the lost so what happened here zacchaeus lie zacchaeus had a complete turnaround he was shown the love of god and the acceptance and the goodness of god and hey guess what his life was turned around he turned and repented and he turned towards god and that just shows me so much that the goodness of god leads people to repentance i want to read it to you from matthew chapter 2 verse 4 and this is the one that you hear me quote quite a lot god is kind but he's not soft in kindness he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change and that's what god is looking for us in us today a radical life change and i just want to ask you this morning you know have you been in that situation where um you know where god has said will you take my hand today because i, I want to lead you you know maybe, maybe you've maybe you sense the hand of god reaching out to you and saying i, I want to lead you into a life change and, and maybe you've said oh yeah but wh wh where are we going I, I, where are we going and he's just going to say hey i'll tell you when we get there uh, or maybe you maybe you've been saying uh you know this is pretty scary you know uh what will, will, will i have to change much about my life and then, and then he's just going to say to you hey listen uh, don't be afraid because whatever I, whatever happens it's going to be for your good because god has got good things planned for you in your life so maybe you've been in that situation where where you know that god has wanted to just take you by the hand and lead you into change oh this is going to take a few moments this morning to talk about that because what does it mean what does radical life change look like what does it look like and we're not i'm only going to speak for a few moments here so what does radical life change look like in our lives number one you get a new perspective a new and, and there's actually quite a list of things involved here but i'm only going to mention a couple of things this morning a new perspective a new perspective on the eternal that you're not earthbound anymore you're not just stuck here in this life but you understand when you put your hand in the hand of god and say would you lead me into the future you all of a sudden you start to understand that there is an eternity that i am a creature of eternity 
that there's a, there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to stay out of. And so I start to get an eternal perspective in, in my life. I start to also think about other people because I realize when I put my hand in the hand of God and, I, and say, Lord, lead me, what, what happens is I start to realize that there are other people that inhabit this world, not just me, and that God's got a plan for their life as well. And so that means I need to think about others around me and what I can do to encourage and, and be a blessing to them. I also get a, a different sense of urgency in my life because rather than just living and taking every day as it comes and living for today and, you know, I, I know I've been saying this a bit lately. I'm going to keep on saying it. Don't build your life around euphemisms and sayings and cliches and advertising slogans that we hear like live for today, for example, or, you know, that, that sort of saying. You hear it a lot. But I want to tell you, friends, when you get an eternity mindset, and you understand there's something far more than just today that God's got a future planned for you and there's other people around you that He's working in their hearts and lives as well, there becomes an urgency, an urgency because you realize that I need to make today count, but actually it's all about the future. I've got to make today count as well. I get a different perspective about stewardship and I realize that I'm also, I'm a steward of everything God has given me. I've got a responsibility to, to treat wisely and well the things that God has put in my life, use my resources wisely. I get a different perspective about opportunity because I realize that, um, you know, God is going to, there's going to be God moments that will happen maybe every day in my life where I can seize the moment and do something great for God. You know, I'm not just muddling my way through the day trying to make ends meet or trying to make the day work out. I realize that God is at work in my life. I get a different perspective uh, on resources as well. And I know that God has given me everything I need, everything I need to live for Him successfully in this generation and to make an impact on the world in this generation where I live right now. So, all I mean, that's only a small part of the, the, the thing, but... Um, getting a new perspective when you say to God you know take take me by the hand and lead me into radical life change your perspective is going to change on a whole lot of things secondly what God will do in your heart is he'll put a new nature within you now, now this is a little bit more difficult to nail down and put it into black and white but but I want to tell you if, if you are a follower of Jesus and, and you've asked Him into your life, and you've determined to live for Him, you already have the nature of God within you, within you. But what does that mean? How does that, how does that work? And what does that mean, having the new nature of God? Well, well, it means that something has changed on the inside of me. Now, I might not be able to nail it down fully. I might not be able to really understand it. It could be a bit of a mystery to me what's really changed, but all I know is that God is on the inside of me. God is there on the inside. And here's a question that you might have, and, and often we would ask, how come I still keep doing things that I know don't fit the mold of what a Christian person should be like? If God is on the inside of me, hey, I thought when I became a Christian, everything became new. All things have passed away and everything becomes new. Well, you know what? That's totally true. It's 100% true. But in certain parts of our life, it can take a little while. 
like, I want you to say this. When you open your heart to God and when Jesus comes in on the inside, He comes and lives in the deepest part of you, the Spirit, your Spirit. That you, you know, you got, you got, you got three parts, Spirit, soul, and body. And the Spirit within you is inhabited by God like a little little light starts flickering and burning on the inside of you and you are you've got any um you are you are connected to heaven you've got a hotline to heaven right there you are joined with god right there at that moment but um sometimes the things on the outside don't change straight away things that that we need to change there's a, there's a it made me think about a little story when i when i was a kid when i was very young uh, a little bit older than these babies but i was about two years old i think my my parents um like we lived in like country victoria long way away from here but my dad was an earth moving contractor and a logging contractor employed a lot of people and and there's this big machinery shed right so we're all this dual service work on dozers and you know uh, trucks and all that sort of stuff now i don't know what a two-year-old would be doing in a in a, a big shed for servicing trucks and earth moving machines but anyway i do know this that one day i was down there and my mother must have put me down for a moment and got distracted because in that shed because they would service like a lot of big machinery there was uh you know like changing the oil and all that sort of thing and there was a a trough where you um with sump oil in it you know um joe casey will appreciate this story i know but it was just there right there a trough with some oil only about this high and and something happened and i got into the trough of some oil and apparently in existence i have seen it there is a photo of me as a two-year-old sitting in a trough a sump oil trough now i know those of you that are into the environment and things like that know that that stuff's pretty toxic you know you shouldn't even touch it with your hands you know and i was thinking about this and maybe that's what's wrong with me i don't know but apparently I've got oil kind of all over me and, you know, playing in the sump oil. But that, here's the thing. That was uncharacteristic of a human person to be there right at that moment. So when you see someone, or maybe it's yourself, doing things that are not what a Christian person should do, it doesn't mean to say that all of a sudden you're not saved anymore. You know, some people, we make these judgments. We like to judge other people, don't we? And we say... Oh, I thought, I thought they were a Christian, but look at what they just did. If you find yourself saying that, just stop. Just, you don't need to just say, hang on, hang on a minute. When Jesus comes in, the deepest part of you, His nature is in you right now. But there's all this part of our soul, the soul realm. That's your emotions and your affections and your feeling and your thinking and your willpower, the decision-making part of you that, which lives around the Spirit, all that soul part, that doesn't get immediately transformed. That's why you are, the Bible says, we are being saved. Your soul is being saved, and your body one day will be saved when we're all taken up to be with Jesus. So, so when you see someone doing something that's uncharacteristic of a Christian, it doesn't mean that they're not a Christian anymore. It just means that they haven't yet, that part of their life hasn't been renewed. So, so the real question for us today, the thing that really matters this morning, folks, is this. What am I doing today 
and tomorrow and every day to let the renewing power of God affect my life and renew every other part of my life, like my will and my emotions and my thinking and my affections, those things that have to be renewed in my life every day. So we need to have grace toward other people when we see them doing things that don't really fit what a Christian should be. Um, we need to encourage them in their walk with Jesus. So here's a verse from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. It says this, Since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, corrupted by lust and deception, Instead, let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes. See, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you in your spirit. But that old way of thinking, that old way of acting, that old way of responding and reacting, those things, you've got to actually put them off and take them off and then put on the new nature of God. Let's read the next verse. It says in verse 24, it says, uh, then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. See, that's not instantaneous, friends. That's not automatic. That happens over time. So you already have the nature of God in you, but you've got to put off the old nature and take on the new life of God where He's renewing your life. So important for us. Last thing is that when I put my hand in the hand of God and say, would you lead me into, a, into the future, into a radical life change, the third thing that happens is I get a new destiny, a new destiny. My, my direction, you know, I was going this way and now I'm going that way. It's like changing trains, actually. Imagine you're... you're you're in the underground, you're in some sort of train station under the ground and, and you get off this train. We went down to the footy the other day, other night um, in the rain to watch the Broncos and Cowboys. Who, was, who saw it Friday night? The Dolphins, someone? A few people aren't going, go the Broncos, okay. But you know, you, you get on the train and you go in there and I uh, think you guys had to wait for about uh, 15 minutes to get, to get a carriage, you get on the train, it was so full of people. But you walk down to the station and some lines going this way, some lines going that way. You know, you can be in a situation where you're on a train, you're going one way and you get off there and you get onto another train going the other way. That's exactly what it's like. When you make a decision to ask Jesus into your life, it's like changing trains. Instead of heading for a certain destiny, one direction, you head, you, you've got an eternal destination in heaven with God and you are going that way. So you get a new destiny when you put your hands in the hand of God. So in the book of Psalms, we read that God has already planned out for us our future and our destiny. And uh, I read that verse before, but let's read it again. Psalm 139 verse 16. You saw me before I was born and every day of my life recorded in your book. Every See, God has books. There are books in heaven. We don't know how many, but quite a few, I think. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So God has a destiny for our life that's, uh, that He knows. You know, sometimes 
when I, when I start to enter into God's plan for my life, uh, I, I might not understand or know what that is. Uh, that's true. Because He doesn't show us everything. He doesn't show us the end from the beginning. Uh, we'd be freaked out if He did. So He just shows us a little bit. It's just one step at a time and another step and another step at a time. And so I'm going to ask our creative team to come back to the stage right now. But, you know, what we've got to do is put our hand in the hand of Jesus and say, would you lead me? It's learning to trust in Him. Because when we don't know what the future holds, we've still got to trust in Him. So I can tell you this morning, friends, that it will be good for you. Whatever the future is, if you're following God and you're saying, God, I need to change. Would you, would you lead me into radical change because I need to change? If that's what you're saying in your heart this morning, then uh, I just want to ask, ask are, you, are you ready to really put your hand in the hands of God and say, would you lead me? Because he said, the Bible says, God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly. I like that word firmly. Firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. If, you, if you're ready for that this morning, maybe you're ready to put your hand in, in the hand of God and say, you know, God, I just need you today. I need you to do something different in my life because it, it ain't working out for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought I could run my own life. I thought I could uh, put everything together. I thought I could make everything happen, but I've discovered that I can't. And I need to put myself in your hands. That's where you're at this morning. And you're saying, God, would you lead me? Would you lead me into the future? ready i'm ready for that change right now and i want to tell you friends that change is on the way change is on the way because god is about to do something amazing in your life i wonder could we close our eyes for a moment and and stand and just stand up in god's presence today